This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. Well, good morning. Today we're going to talk about baptism. A couple more weeks, uh, we're going to have a service for baptism, but what I want to really share with you, it's not just the um, aspect of baptism. Thank you. By the way, wasn't Pastor Chad great on the keyboard today? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, I'm just so uh, grateful to have this opportunity to talk about obedience. When we talk about baptism, we're not just talking about some kind of event that happens in your life, though many people describe that decision as an event. Yeah. And they don't describe the space of it was obedience. And therefore, because they don't really understand the importance of the decision-making through obedience, many times what people don't do is transcend into having their whole life full of obedience. And Vic, if you have, uh, you know, if I connect with you in any, um, any time throughout the week or even on a weekend service, many times I'll ask you, what's God doing in your life? What's he speaking in your life? And then I, what I really like to do is, what are you obeying God in? What is God asking you to obey him in? And uh, you don't even really realize that many times those little things that God asks you to obey in make you step into the blessings of what that obedience is. Struggles that you've had, maybe struggles in a whole different area. For for instance, I have struggled with um, having uh, devotions in the evening with my wife. Not struggled with devotions in the morning, but struggled with devotions in the evening. And uh, for whatever reason, whether it's my wife's busy, I'm busy, whatever it is, dinner, whatever. Well, so I prayed about it. What I don't do is complain about it. Whatever struggle I have, I don't sit and complain about it because I realize that all it takes is discipline and obedience and intentionality. And so I prayed about it. I said, Father, I know this is what you want me to do and I know that I'm going to be asking our church to do and the last thing I'm going to do is be fake it to make it. if, If I ask the church to do it, I'm going to feel very convicted if I'm personally not doing it. And so I said, Lord, I really want to see this devotion, not just in the morning, but in the evening um, hours. And so little did I know that the Lord was, what does he do? He sees the struggle that I have with it, and he asked me to do something completely different. He asked me to put away my peanut butter and toast. I had no idea why. I didn't want to do it either. But by doing that and changing my diet to a space, what happened is that I didn't know that that obedience to what God was asking me to do would lead me right into devotions in the evening. Had no idea that, you know, what what was happening is that it wasn't at all what I thought. Many times we don't understand how to get into the space of blessing in our God. God knows exactly how to get you to step into his blessings. And you're trying to get it there by your own way or your own thought process or even some form of discipline in your behavior. And God goes, no, there's a different route to get to first. And for me, it wasn't all my furniture in the evening hours aimed toward the toaster moving away from that space. 
I had no idea. Well, many of you today, maybe you're not baptized. And you go, well, what, what's the big deal? First, turn, first, turn to me to 1 Peter 3.21. I'm going to tell you the big deal about baptism. Small little verse in here that many people today get so confused by an interpretation of it. In fact, many times speakers or people teaching about baptism will not reference this passage just because of all the dialogue or craziness that comes out of this space, all right, in this message. So 1 Peter 3, 21, and I, again, I'm going to say this over and over, baptism and obedience are synonymous. In fact, we're not going to turn there today, but you can turn there in Matthew's uh, passage where Jesus himself, he goes, he gets baptized, he says, so why? He never sinned. He got baptized because of obedience. He says he knew the Lord wanted him to go through this. Possibly he didn't even understand really the why. Possibly he didn't even realize that the Holy Spirit was going to come, descend into that space. Possibly he didn't even know that from that moment forward, it was going to change from being known as the son of Joseph to the son of God. All, I, all God, Jesus knew was, I need, he says, I need to take this step. I need to take this step of faith. I need to obey God. And I believe that in this, you know, a large crowd like this, there are many of you that have never taken the step of obedience and baptism. I would say, what would hold you? In fact, we're going to talk about a eunuch. And we're going to uh, read there in just a few more minutes and, and about a, a eunuch who somehow, in the space of his life, started seeking God. Even though the culture, even though the space of where he is, Ethiopia, wasn't a place, it wasn't culturally a place where people were looking to worship God. Yet inside of his heart, he was seeking. Some of you in this room right now are seeking. Some of you have been skeptics in before, and I, hopefully I'm already challenging that. Now you're moving into seeking. But I hope that you don't just move from seeking, but I pray that God, that you go into following. That you go from skeptic to seeking to following and obeying God. I pray that we have such a full space of obedience. And maybe, maybe you know, we say, well, what if, Pastor, I, I'm really feeling, you know, I've been baptized in the past. And, you know, and I just didn't really take it that serious. I don't know, I was just doing it. Maybe I was doing it for my girlfriend or I was doing it, you know, so that my, for my parents or whatever. But let me tell you something. This is between you and Jesus. And it needs to be, and that, that needs to be a, a mark inside of your soul. In fact, the Bible says that it'll actually cleanse that very space in your life. I'm going to read from the Amplified Translation. It kind of explodes it into meaning. Verse 21. Corresponding to that rescue through the flood. Now, that's talking about Noah in his time. Baptism which is an expression of a believer's new life in Christ, now saves you. Not by removing dirt from the body, but by an appeal to God for a good, clear conscience, demonstrating what you believe to be yours through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, your word tells us here that we can have a clear conscience void of all the craziness that's going on in our personal life. Not, not coordinated or any kind of uh, confusion of what's going on in, my, in our religious upbringing. But a purity in heart between us and you, God. And that we would hear your voice. The Bible says the pure in heart shall see God. Father, I pray that we would see, not with our physical eyes, 
but we would see with those spiritual eyes of our heart that we would grab truth and understanding that would set a course of obedience toward you, toward this understanding that we're not of this world, but we're yours. We belong to you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Amen. As we we talk about obedience and we talk about belonging to God, I I was, um, I just kind of searched the internet a little bit about obeying the Lord. And you know, you get all kinds of uh, literature and, and you get all kinds of, basically you're gonna, you're gonna get all kinds of spaces, whether it's a Christian picture or a, a you know, evangelical picture or a worldly picture. And I, I, I caught this one space of a PhD guy and um, he said this, he goes, you know, um, there's this, the evangelical uh, view of obedience is twice as important as culturally the world's is. Meaning this, they say the world literally doesn't care that their children obey them. The world cares that their child grows up having an independent and think for themselves. But the evangelicals, and he was saying this and was spinning this in kind of a mockery way, but the evangelicals find it very important that their children obey them. Let me just share with you, you should. Because when your children obey, they step in, like I've said before, you step in obedience, you step into blessing. And when you teach your children to obey you, what happens is that they're gonna learn how to obey their father in heaven because they've obeyed their parents on earth. That's the way God is. And one day there's gonna be a handoff. Some way, in fact, I had a great conversation with my son. He goes, Dad, I was reading the scripture and he goes, we're all born in sin. And he just had, and I don't wanna get into the whole topic because that's not the message today. But he had all these great questions about what was happening to all those people before Jesus. And you know, and, and where, where were they? And, and, and again, I don't want to talk at this point. I'm not here to talk about eschatology and I'm not here to talk about the end times. What I'm here to share with you is, is obedience. And see, let me tell you something what obedience isn't. It's when I have to sit there and explain to you 10 reasons why you should do it and talk you into it. That's not obedience. That at all. Obedience is is that when you surrender and say, I trust the person speaking to me right now, and I trust they have my best intent, their best intentions and my best intentions, that they value my life, and this is the course that they should go in. So that what happens is that that child needs to trust their parents so that it's not just even about the obedience, it's about the word trust. And by the way, the word trust would be the same as the word faith. And so what happens in this place is we as parents raise our kids to trust, raise our kids to obey so that one day they have this age of accountability. They come into that space where God begins to speak in their heart like he did this Ethiopian. He don't even know what's going on. Possibly wasn't raised by anybody else in the Lord. But something inside, eternity was locked up in his heart. And all of a sudden that knocked. And so he finds himself, I can't find the answers in Ethiopia. So he travels to worship in Jerusalem. He doesn't even know why. He just feels and knows. Let me just tell you something. That's what obedience is. Obedience is following the voice of our God. That's what obedience is. And we've, tell me, tell me culturally today, we're just not doing this. We're not doing this. It's, it's, we're a culture of reasoning. We're a culture of, of thoughts and many ways and many ideas. And we paint it so many. We're, we're trying to get up in front of the, of the platform today. And we're learning. In fact, Pastor Jen, like, you know, the youth groups and stuff, they're, they're going, well, we got to be so entertaining. And I believe that we need to capture these young people's lives. But at the same time, they need to capture God's love. 
They need to capture God. There's nothing like God's love. There's nothing like it. And parents, if you don't know the love of God, how in the world are you going to give something you don't have? And the first thing I've learned to obey God is, is to receive that love, to receive that forgiveness, to to receive understanding that God has a big picture and a big plan for my life. Number one, if you would, in your study guides, baptism is a decision of how much you desire to live a new life with Christ. It's how much do you desire? I want, I want to surrender my old life and I want to accept his new life. Number two, baptism is a decision to move forward with Christ and turn back on your old life, which means I don't want to think about, you know what, I, I love my old friends and I really cared about my old friends, but at this point right now, my new relationship with Jesus is so important to me and I need to, I need to pursue this relationship and he'll help me sort out my old relationships. But I can't pull both of them together. I need to pursue this relationship. I'll never forget my wife, she said this, she goes, when I got saved, she says, I didn't even know you anymore. When I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I became a totally different person. My pursuits and my thoughts, from one minute all I cared about was water skiing and to be a professional at that, to the next minute all I could do was open up my Bibles and study and study and study and study and study God's Word. She said, I didn't even know who you were. And so our relationship had to get completely cultivated differently. And I'm going to tell you something, I did a lot of things wrong in that space. And then I had to learn to obey God to be a husband unto a wonderful wife. Let me read some scriptures on obedience. Just some passages that I found. John 14, 15 says this. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. 1 Samuel 15, 22 said that, and Samuel said, I has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to listen, James 1, 22, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Isaiah 1, 19, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Luke 6, 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you to do? Hebrews 13, 17, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. John 14, 23, Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make, and make our home with him. Romans 6, 16, do you not know that if you, were, you present yourself to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. Philippians 2, 8, and being found in human form, Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So when we hear and we look at that cross, when we see Jesus, the only thing we can look at is obedience. Romans 5, 19, for by as when one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, talking about Adam, so by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Fathers, have you ever thought about when you obey God, what your children are seeing? Mothers, have you ever thought when you're obeying God, possibly getting baptized in two weeks from now, and that your children, or maybe, your, maybe it's your sister or your cousin, young people, instead of looking to the left or right, well, who's going to step up first? Why don't you listen to the voice inside of you? You step up first. 
and watch what God does in your personal life. Obedience isn't something that, well, you know, I just want to get around to it. You'll never get around to it because you have two natures. The one nature is me, myself. I want my, what I want. In fact, this morning I, for, oh, I forgot to get my Tic Tacs for my grandkids. So I recognize grandpa can go into hero land or toilet land really fast. So I ran out and got Tic Tacs right across the street to make sure that when I got here, and sure enough, the little birds knew right away. They're going, grandpa, grandpa, and they got their hands out right away for what a? A Tic Tac. You know, I, I understand the space of relationship and the space of influence. You know, God does too. And the only way that God can bring his hand a blessing in your life is through Man, is anybody listening this way? Through the hand of obedience. Obedience. First Peter 3:21. Corresponding to that rescue through the flood, baptism, which is an expression of a believer's new life in Christ, now saves you, not by removing dirt from the body, but by an appeal to God for a good, clear conscience, demonstrating what you believe to be yours through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Number four. When you resolve to follow Jesus, one of the first steps is to follow is water baptism. I want to show a video right now if we could do that. Water holds the power of life and death. Without it, you cannot survive. Too much of it destroys. Early in the human story, water cleansed the earth of evil and wickedness. Only Noah and his family remained dry. Years later, an infant Moses placed in a basket is saved from death in the Nile River. Moses remains dry. And again, Moses leads his people across dry land. Just before the Red Sea crashes over Pharaoh and his armies. In this water, we find death, our separation from God. Then Jesus comes. He does not avoid the water. He is immersed in it with us, baptized with humanity. He emerges with a new life, a new self, a new identity, and invites us to do the same. holds the power of life and death. Today, we choose life. When you resolve to follow Jesus, one of the first steps is to follow in water baptism. Jesus made that first step in his new identity, as you just seen so clearly on this video, that this water had power. From the very beginning, we, we read these stories and we kind of just flow through them and maybe some of us don't, many of us maybe even don't even know them. Maybe we don't even know the history of the Word of God. I challenge you, get in the Word of God. The Word of God is powerful. The Word of God is alive. It's not just history, it's alive. And the presence of God comes through those words. In this space, what we just learned through this video, we find that Jesus himself recognized through obedience, 
came, went into that water, got baptized, recognized that the identity came out and the Holy Spirit came and descended. Why did all this activity happen? Because always God commands a blessing where there are obedient children. I know that I'm emphasizing this over and over again. But I don't think that we can really uh, capture and we will never receive all that God has. We live in a culture of disobedience. If I, in fact, the Bible says that in the last day that people will be disobedient. Literally says the word disobedient. We, that's our culture today. What we can get away with. What, our, you know, what, someone, what the law doesn't understand. What they don't understand. No, no, won't hurt them. Let me tell you something. It hurts you. Just because you got away with you stealing just because you got away with watching that that picture on the on the on your screen of your phone just because you got away nobody's seen it you didn't get away with anything what happened is every single time that nature that thing of disobedience works inside of your life you can you put a film more and more over your heart the very eyes let me just tell you being older one thing i do get is when i can't see as well it's very frustrating when you can't see like you used to be able to see. And what happens is that's what sin does. Every time you disobey, every time you don't follow the conscience that God put inside of you to obey him in everything, the little things as well as the big things. Because God wants your conscience with the Holy Spirit to take a space of time and go, this is who I'm yours, God. I belong to you. And Lord, every intersection I have, everything I say, everything that I do, God, may it be pleasing in your sight. Why is that so important? Because let me tell you something, through that obedience, God commands the blessings. Recently, my kids even said, Dad, I see that you're getting so blessed in everything that you're doing. There has been new spaces of obedience in my marriage. There's been new spaces of obedience as a pastor here. It hasn't been so much that I've been disobeying because I haven't been disobeying, but I haven't been stepping in obedience. There's a difference between obeying and disobeying. There's right in the middle. You can be stagnant. And many of us as Christians stagnate our walk with God. Instead of God, what do you want me to do today? You want me to work on a different shift unto you? God, you want, you want, and some people, in fact, we were, I think it was Jonathan I was talking about. He goes, People today even make these opinions, say, well, I'm only going to have two kids. Did you even ask the Lord who wants to populate the earth with Christianity? Maybe he might want three. Nope. We think that all these choices and stuff, we don't, we're not, we're, what we're doing is, is we're going, I, I tell you what, I'm going to own most of my life and just on Sunday mornings or a little bit I'm going to give to God. Is that The Bible says he's Lord of all. Number five, your heart will be moved. Your heart will be moved when you obey. Baptism is important. If you've never been baptized, let me read this excerpt from Acts chapter 8, and then we're going to finish. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out. And he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Candake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem. Notice he went to what? Worship. How many of us look for that other than Sundays? I'm going somewhere to worship. Our team this week is going to go over there and meet 
Our, our praise and worship team, many of them are going to go on a retreat and they're going to say it with me, worship. They're not going to worship because they're getting in front of you and leading. They're going to worship the Lord. They're going to worship our King. And they're going to have a passion and, you know, a, a time of God, a time to get, because they're going to help us go to places we've never been before. You can't bring somebody where you've never been. And so they need to go to places in their own worship. They need to go to places in, with God. Same thing for you parents. You can't bring your kids where you've never been. You're going to have to go some places where you've never been before. So, well, I'm living a good life. Live a God life. There's a difference between the good and God. Live that space. What is God asking you to obey in? Could be God's asking you to get baptized. By the way, get on the website. Go to our, 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 our visitor booth right afterwards if you don't know how to get on our website and sign up. But please, obey God in this step. Some of you right now are contemplating it. Don't contemplate it. Step in. Because it is a space of worship to your God. God will bless the hands. God will bless the feet of your life. In the weeks and the months to come, all of a sudden you're going to recognize, wow, as I obeyed God that, God's beginning blessing in this area. Not even, the, many times the areas don't even have any correlation or correspondence. But because you obeyed him here, he blesses you everywhere. And you say, well, why am I not getting blessed? Because that area God's asking you to obey God in, maybe you say, well, that's just little. Come on, Pastor Ron, the toaster, really? Yeah, the toaster, because here's the blessing that came. The little things that God asked us to do. He went there to worship. And he was now returning, seated in his carriage. He was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with that same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north at the town of Asitus. He was preaching the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. Now, if you read before this event with Philip, you're going to realize that Philip was being used to cast out devils, heal the sick, I mean, just doing miraculous things. Yet God thought it so important to take him out of that space, touching the hundreds, possibly the thousands, to touch one person that needed to get baptized. Do not tell me that baptism is not important. Do not belittle the space of obedience of one man or one woman or one young person that wants to make a decision to get baptized. How, I mean, God stopped everything and took one of his main players, one of his main men, the main event. Many of us go over the main event, and there's thousands, possibly tens of thousands of people watching it, right? There's only one. God's main event has nothing to do with the crowd. 
God's main event is always one person who is seeking God, who's hungry for the space of God in their life. God, I just want to obey you. I want to know you in a new way. I want to step into all that you have. And God goes, get baptized. Well, really, God? I think there's a little bit more. No, get baptized. Go fast for this. Go talk to the person over there that needs you. Know, go buy that person coffee over there. And you say, well, God, why do you want me to go buy that person coffee? Because you don't even understand that three months from now, God can see the end from the beginning that that person's going to go through an event, through a crisis in their life. And because you built a relationship with them three months earlier by buying coffee with them, you didn't even know why, you were obeying God in that voice. All of a sudden, now the space, that person opens up the question, what's different about you? And you're Philip. Well, I'm glad you asked. And you carry the word of God that's alive inside of you. And you begin to have the space to lead that person because you're obedient and you're helping that person in their space of obedience. This is what the, the life of a Christian is. It's obedience to the voice of God. And many of us, I, Pastor Ron, I, I don't hear God's voice. Bible says, my people, my people, God says, my people, hear my voice. If you're struggling with the space, it's not that God's not speaking to you. He loves you and has a plan for you. But possibly many of us have this idea that God's going to do some big, grander thing. All of a sudden, I'm going to be called to speak, or I'm going to be called to sing, or I'm going to be called to, you know, to lead this group. And we have this, this we, have, we have all these intentions inside of us. We want to do these great big things, and God's going, I need you to do the little thing. Like, he asked Moses, he goes, pick up the stick. Ooh, a stick. And that very stick leads the millions of people across the, you know, the, the nation. Are you kidding me? What we would have done is what? We'd have argued, this is stick, God. You're not going to use that. That's not going to, that ain't going to part the waters. There's no magic in that stick. The magic isn't in the stick. The power's in the obedience. It's in those little things where God, and in your prayer life, you say, God, what do you want me to do? And then all of a sudden, we get quiet. And God speaks to you. Funny thing is that uh, in my life, Many times God will speak to me, be nice to the girl, be nice to the girl, be nice to the girl. He's talking about my wife. And those, those, those spaces, because I get so wound up, I get very passionate about things. And in the space of my passion, many times I'm insensitive. I don't want to be, I don't want to be that guy. But I, I am a man that God's made with full of passion and drive. And what happens in that time is all of a sudden the flesh side of me can become insensitive. And God knows this. And God goes, be nice to the girl. Be nice to the girl. Be nice to, are you listening to his voice? Are you hearing what God's speaking to you? This is the space. These are the places. In fact, why do we have an altar here? We're going to close on this. Team, you can come up here. Why do we have an altar here? This is the best place to begin to hear his voice. If your life is so full of clutter, there's not going to be a better place to hear God's voice. Number one is, many of you will be seeking, and God's speaking, but you don't hear it, and then all of a sudden, somebody will put a hand on you and pray over you, and the very thing that you've been so worried and concerned about, you get a word for. God's speaking. 
Some of you struggle with connecting with other people, you know, you know, even detaching to the church family. Some of you had so much, you got so many detached because you've been hurt in your home. And you got serious detached issues and God goes, I need you to attach to the family of God. I don't want to attach to the family of God. I don't care what you want to do. I need you to obey me because I'm raising up. The family of God here is going to be one big family up there. And God is just looking for that space. He wants to heal you and restore you to cleanse your thoughts. To make them right the way they were without your hurts. To make those thoughts right without your history. So that your history doesn't dictate your, your what same old thing. That you don't have the bumper sticker. You have the bumper sticker that says new life in Christ. And how did you get that new life? By these many different steps of obedience. Not just obeying God in baptism. And I pray that many of you take the step two weeks from now. But what is God going to ask you? Obey with that relationship. Be the husband God's asked you. Be the wife that God's asked you to be. Be the parent that God's asked you. Be the step-parent God's asked you. Obey God when it comes down to healing. I know that some of us are struggling, some of us watching right now on TV, struggling with sickness. And all that you can hear is the, is the clutter and you're coughing, you got the phlegm. And what is God speaking to you? Many times I've seen people get healed just because they forgave somebody. Obedience. I've seen people, God do miracle things. With one, with, he healed me of arthritis because he told me to drink protein and, 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 and work out with my ankle. It has nothing to do with, there's no healing things in protein. There's no healing in a workout. It was the obedience. And I did not want to do it because it hurt. God says, I didn't ask you for hurt. Obedience always hurts your ego because you're not in charge. So God wants to break your ego so that you obey him in everything. Come to him like a child. I believe we should be adults in our passion for him, but children in our approach to him. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for the honor of your voice. I thank you for the space of asking us to obey you. And Lord God, in, in baptism, to obey you, God, in, in prayer, to obey you, God, in worship, to lift our hands unto you in worship, to clap our hands with praise. God, I thank you that you teach us, God, how to obey you with forgiveness and love and mercy and understanding how to dwell with our spouse according to understanding, to seek to understand, not to seek to be in charge. God, I'm thankful that your ways are so different and that you purify as we obey you in the little things. God, you do so much more. God, we obey you in these little steps in the package you bring out of heaven. It's just, Lord, more than we can even imagine. Above what we can think, grab hold of. That's how good you are. You're such a good, good father. We love you. If you're here this morning and you don't know or you're unsure of the space of, of your walk with God, that's not a place you want to have in, in, in insecurity in. You want to be secure and knowing that you belong to God. 
And so we pray this prayer after every service, not so that the repetition would numb you, but so that this space of understanding of surrender is important to you. So let's pray this prayer together right now. A prayer of surrender. Say, Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I recognize that without the cross that Jesus died on, I am lost. And I receive what Jesus did, how he obeyed the cross for my life. I receive forgiveness, hope, and love. I'm all yours. I surrender. Teach me to obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up and worship our God. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.